Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I gotta tell you about the way you can control 2020, and that's with Manscaped. It's a lot of things that you can't control this year, but Manscaped, and taking care of below the belt shaving is something that you can control. And the best way to do that is with the Lawnmower 3.0 from manscaped.com. The Lawnmower 3.0 truly is a magnificent razor. It has an LED light, it's waterproof, it has a 90 minute battery. I can go on and on. Advanced skin safe technology in the Lawnmower 3.0, so you don't have any nicks and bumps. And they've also released the Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. It's a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools that includes tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Lawnmower 3.0 is a winner, and so is the Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. So make sure to check out manscaped.com. And use that magical code DNVR20 when you're on it to hook yourself up with the Lawnmower 3.0, with the Perfect Package 3.0, with the Shears 2.0 nail kit. Make sure to hook yourself up with all of them and use that code DNVR20 to get 20% off your entire purchase plus free shipping. So head to manscaped.com right now. Hook yourself up with the Lawnmower 3.0 and use that code DNVR20 to 20% off and free shipping. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this wonderful Wednesday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my main man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into what's going to be a very fun show, I got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is right in our backyard here in Denver, but what's great is if you live in Denver, you can take advantage of this. If you live outside of Colorado, you can take advantage of this. And if you live outside this country, which a lot of you do, you can take advantage of this. So go to msudenver.edu slash online to see all they have to offer, including over 40 online and hybrid programs. 
and 750 classes. So if you want to just take one class, if you want to finish a degree, if you want to earn an entire degree, make sure to check out msudenver.edu slash online. They have mastered the art of online learning. So check them out, msudenver.edu slash online. My boy, Mace, what is going on? How are you doing? We are 48 hours away from training camp officially underway. Oh, I'm good. It's, uh, it's, I, I, I don't know. It's even though training camp, at least the part that we can view in the media is 48 hours away, even though hard knocks debuted last night, I didn't watch. I mean, it just kind of, it, it's all snuck up on me, even though normally at this time of year, we'd be, one week into the preseason, we would have had the Hall of Fame game last week. We'd be getting ready for the Broncos preseason opener. It's weird. It just doesn't – it doesn't feel like the start of camp, even though we've been waiting a while for it. You know what I mean? It just – everything seems odd. It really doesn't. Obvi- and it, obviously. And it's weird that it snuck up on us because it's later than usual, so it shouldn't have. But uh, it, it definitely does feel like it snuck up on us. And the Broncos will start 18 training camp practices on Friday. And we at DNVR will be there for every single one. And the great thing, like we announced yesterday, we'll be doing the pod after practice every day to give you the most up-to-date information on what's going on. And Mace, one guy that will definitely be there is now the tallest guy on the roster. Six foot nine. Damar Dotson is officially under contract with the Broncos. Took a few days because he had to pass some, some COVID tests. He had to get a physical taken. So it took a few days to get it done, but it is official. He is on the books for a one-year contract worth up to $3 million in incentives. Mace, I feel like this is what we've been saying for about 10 days now. Yeah, right down to the $3 million. But, of course, that's with incentives, and that brings, to, brings us to another point is that that is being made around the area, and that is that he's coming in, but the first plan is for him to be a backup rather than a starter. And I know RK had a tweet about this on, on, the, uh, on the Twitter machine last night. If he's not starting – Either something has gone unexpectedly right or something has gone wrong. And what I mean is something's gone unexpectedly right in that Elijah Wilkinson, despite losing an offseason, despite coming off of surgery in May, is playing out of his mind. Or if something has gone wrong, it means that DeMar Dotson uh, has declined further from even where he was last year. If he plays the way he did last year for the Bucks. He's a serviceable average right tackle. And if Elijah Wilkinson has become more than that, bless him. It, it would, to me, it would be a surprise. This is definitely going to be one of those trust in Munchak situations, though. If he sees that Elijah Wilkinson is ready to play then, and, and is playing well, he'll be in the lineup. But if not, I think you got to go with the veteran. I, so unless, unless Elijah Wilkinson looks really terrific out there when we see him at practice starting here on Friday – if DeMar Dotson isn't the starter in week one, I'm going to be very curious about that. It's, it's going to be a, a move that maybe doesn't augur well. 
Yeah, I feel like I'm being thrown for a loop, being like just spun and now I'm dizzy because Mace, this doesn't make sense. I mean, this does not make sense. You have multiple people saying that um, DeMar Dotson is going to back up Elijah Wilkinson, including DenverBroncos.com saying that's what the plan is initially. Mace, are we either jumping to conclusions too early? Are we either too smart or are we either seeing through all of this smoke because to me it yes the Broncos did need depth they did need depth at tackle so they should have brought someone in whether it was going to be a starter or a backup but Mace they went and got a starter they went and got a guy who started 30 games the past two seasons 15 in each of the past two years and he's not that old He's, he's 34 years old. It's not like you got a 40-year-old tackle in here that definitely has no game left. No, this is a guy that's going to come in and apparently now be the backup for the first few practices of camp. But I feel like I'm seeing right through this. At some point, he's going to start getting reps with the ones. And, you know, the 20% of reps that he gets with the ones when he does on his first practice – then the next day it's going to be 40. Then the next day it's going to be 60. Then the next day it's going to be 80. And at the end of camp, it's going to be obvious that DeMar Dotson is a starter, right? You'd think. Now, one thing, of course, for Dotson coming in here is he didn't have the offseason. He doesn't even have a full training camp. I mean, it's basically going to be about – it's going to be about 14, uh, 14 or 18 practices from Friday – on through uh, when you stop kind of preseason practice and then focus on week one preparation. But boy, I mean, if you're DeMar Dotson, you've, you've played 11 years, you've made your money. Are you coming back to play another season in the middle of a pandemic with a team that has had three consecutive losing records and I know we all have optimism, but this is just how you kind of view it from a distance. Three consecutive losing records. If you're going to be a backup. No. That's what, stri- <laughs> that's what strikes me here. I mean, you'd go be a backup for a team that was, you know, kind of close or, you know. He, I can't imagine that he perceives the Broncos that way. I don't think he signs with the Broncos unless he's been given at minimum a viable chance to be the starting right tackle. Exactly. Not as a clear backup. Exactly, Mace. I think you're 100% right there. And Mike Kliss did talk to DeMar Dotson last night, and DeMar said, I'm willing to do whatever this team wants, Uh, meaning that they probably didn't guarantee him the starting job. But, Mace, I think you're 100% right. They said, uh, we may have a competition at left tackle. We're going to have a competition at right tackle. You are going to have a shot to earn this. And they probably broke it down to the point of saying, look, you're a guy that started 15 games last year. Uh, and Elijah Wilkinson did not start 15 games last year. You're the vet. He's this young guy that has has never really been a full-time starter, so uh, we'll definitely give you a shot. That That's exactly how I view it, Mace, and also, this isn't a guy that needed money. He's been in the NFL for 11 years now. His career earnings are probably in the te- are definitely in the tens of millions of dollar range, and he's coming in to make $3 million at most. So this isn't a money grab from him. 
It's not like he gave a hometown discount because he has no connection with Denver or the Broncos at all. He's coming here to play. He's coming here to play. And now, Mace, if it does happen, like you said to start the show, where Elijah Wilkinson just blows us all out of the water, then that's great. That is absolutely great. Then you have a very good backup swing tackle in DeMar Dotson for a relatively cheap price. You're happy with that. I just, from what we saw last year with Elijah Wilkinson at right tackle, I just don't expect that to happen, especially when you have a guy coming in here who's a reliable starter who can, who can play on the right side. Reliable starter, not spectacular at this point in his career, and you are going to have to live with some penalties that are a function of, of aging and uh, losing some of his mobility, some of his bend. I, I was looking back at uh, some of what he did last year and was focused on week one a little bit when they played the 49ers and he's having to face a demanding challenge. He's, you know, he's, he's got a Bosa staring, you know, staring him down and uh, you know, there's a play where he has a whole, he has a holding penalty that, that call that results in a touchdown being called back. And it's just reaching out and grabbing when you're beaten, when he's been beaten. But the thing is, you got some plays like that from Elijah Wilkinson last year, and he's younger. So I, I think part of it is also the Broncos, they do like Elijah Wilkinson. They've liked him for a long, long time. They've liked him since they signed him. Um, in fact, uh, you know, of course, he went to the practice squad early in 2017, and uh, they were pretty keen to take him through the practice squad to the point where – I was uh, gently reminded, hey, don't don't play up Elijah Wilkinson too much when I was working on the team side at the time because uh, they, you know, they sometimes they want the secret to stay a secret. And I was writing a lot of good things about Elijah Wilkinson early in training camp. <laughs> so they like him. They have a lot of they, they they have a decent amount invested in him. It's kind of a prove it year for Elijah Wilkinson because he's playing on that restricted free agent tender. And, of course, the interesting thing is DeMar Dotson, if you're talking about salary, DeMar Dotson could learn, earn up to $3 million. And you have Elijah Wilkinson, who's playing on that second-round RFA tender, which puts him at – what is that? I, I don't have it off the top of my head right now. But, like oh, $3.259 million. So yeah. – Interesting there that if you look at their salaries, that Elijah Wilkinson will earn more than DeMar Dotson no matter what. Yep. <laughs> yep. And so it's not, it's not a money play by DeMar Dotson. Definitely not. By the way, what's interesting is that you have DeMar Dotson who could earn up to $3 million because there are incentives involved, and Elijah Wilkinson, $3.259 million. And this year, Garrett Bowles is playing at $3.51 million. So <laughs> if DeMar Dotson earns his incentives, you're going to have three tackles all earning within $511,000 of each other. Wow. So it should be a pretty fair battle between all of them, right? You Well, you'd think so. And I, I think it's interesting that – even though DeMar Dotson is coming in, that we haven't gone back to the notion being pushed all off season of Garrett Bowles and Elijah Wilkinson competing at left tackle. Right. It's like when Jawan James left, that sort of died. But now 
you have DeMar Dotson coming who's in, who's been a right tackle for almost the entirety of his career. He's been a steady starter over the course of that career. Why wouldn't you even kind of leave it open to where, okay, DeMar Dotson could be the right tackle and we'll go back and have the competition between Wilkinson and Bowles at left tackle because part of that competition was designed to push Garrett Bowles in a way that he had not been pushed before to try to extract more from him in this, the last year of his rookie contract. Yep. And then it's not like Vic gave a big vote of confidence to Garrett Bowles when Juwan James opted out and said like, Oh, we've seen, so many improvements from Garrett. It's absolutely his job, the left tackle spot. Uh, he said, you know, we, we're hopeful that the improvements we've seen are going to translate to the field, and it's his job to lose. It's not like Vic said, oh, my gosh, since the last time we talked to you guys about Garrett Bowles being in the competition, he has just amazed us. And no, 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 no. Garrett Bowles hasn't changed in the Broncos' mind but the circumstances at right tackle changed to make it so that he wasn't in as competitive of, of a competition. But Mace, that's what I'm doing right now. If I'm the Broncos, I'm saying, okay, we now have our starter at right tackle and DeMar Dotson back to plan A, which is Elijah Wilkinson and Garrett Bowles in a true competition for that left tackle spot. Now, Mace, how's it going to play out? Because Elijah can play right. He can play left. He was supposed to be in that competition at left. Now he's supposed to be the starter at right. Now you just brought in a starting right tackle who is apparently supposed to be the backup to your kind of backup right tackle. But then you also have Garrett Bowles at left tackle who is, it's his job to lose, but now you just brought someone in that could kick Elijah Wilkinson to the left. I mean, what, what I'm trying to say here is there are a lot of moving parts. This isn't just about right tackle. Yeah, and I would, if, if I were looking at it, I would view it this way. DeMar Dotson, if he can step in and learn the scheme quickly, and he should be able to. There's no reason why he can't, he can't learn the scheme. He's a pretty smart offensive lineman. He can grasp everything. I would be thinking in terms of, okay, let's go back to the original plan and let's give Garrett, let's give Garrett Bowles some competition. And, and that means giving Elijah Wilkinson some reps at left tackle. The other thing, though, that hangs over this is – the health status of Elijah Wilkinson. How how far is he in the recovery from the surgery that he had in May? Is he 100%? If he's not 100%, if he continues to have issues uh, with, that, with that foot and ankle that began in week 16 last year, then in the parlance of office space, the bobs, this will work itself out naturally. <laughs> yes, I think it will. Uh, so, Mace, what combo – are you going to say right now will be the starting group come week one? I'm going with Garrett Bowles and DeMar Dotson. Bingo. That's, that's, that's exactly what I'm going with, too. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's, I think that's what's going to end up happening in week one. That's what's going to bear itself out. Elijah Wilkinson, if he is in any way limited, I think that'll give a window for DeMar Dotson to seize the job be there in week one. And, you know, you've got such a young offense. DeMar Dotson comes in and he is, he is the oldest player on the offensive side by some distance. And 
it was it's actually interesting to I did I should have gone back and looked at what DeMar Dotson's age the the what pardon me what impact DeMar Dotson's age had on the overall roster because of course he comes in he is the oldest player on the Broncos not just the Broncos offense the entire Broncos they have one two three four five guys who are 30 and over but until DeMar Dotson walked in, the oldest Bronco was Kareem Jackson, age 32. DeMar Dotson, of course, age 34. I mean, it's, it's hilarious. Dotson is six years older than the next oldest offensive player. And can you tell me who the next oldest Bronco offensive player is? I was muted. I was muted, Mace. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow. I know I had to, I had to uh, shame myself there. I'm going to go Juwan James. Well, he's not on the, he's not on the active roster right now. Let's, let's see how old he is. Oh, um, then I'll go, um, I'll go Garrett Bowles. Yeah, he, he's, tw- he's 28, but um, you've got a lot of 28-year-olds. But when I sorted it by, by age, and I, I imagine that means it's sorted by birth date as well, Deontay Spencer was listed as the next oldest Bronco. Oh, holy cow. Wow, that's crazy. So, I actually, I, I should probably look at the media guide and find out. Because I just, what I did was I, sor- I sorted the roster by age. And, of course, it went DeMar Dotson, 34, Kareem Jackson, 32, and on. And then the, the, the first 28-year-old that was listed was, um, was Deontay Spencer. How about that? That is that is wild. Among uh, the offensive players, followed by Jake Rogers. Wow, <laughs> wow! Guy that may have to give up his uh, sixty-nine number to Demar Dotson not too long from now. Right. So your 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 twenty-eight-year-old offensive players are Garrett Bowles, Jake Rogers, and Deontay Spencer. Wow. And. Deontay is more of a special teamer. Jake Rogers is bubble to make the roster. And Garrett Bowles is probably going to be your left tackle. But boy, oh boy, I mean, this is a – it reminds you how young the offense is and how excited that you, you can be about its potential. But it also shows that you needed someone like DeMar Dotson in there to kind of to, to help show everybody the ropes a little bit. You know, we, the young players obviously have learned by experience, guys like Philip Lindsay, but, uh, you know, talked about what he's learned the last couple of years and how it helps him as, as a leader when he was on the media conference call on Tuesday. But with DeMar Dotson, you have somebody who has seen everything. Well, everything except the playoff game because he happened to toil in Tampa Bay for the past 11 seasons. <laughs> and it's a shame that he's going to miss the playoffs with the Bucks this year. Left just at the wrong time. Didn't get to play with Tom. Uh, but Mesa, I think you nailed it on the head in how the transition to DeMar Dotson will happen. It's going to be Elijah Wilkinson. Uh, you know, sitting out a couple of plays because of the injury, not because he's injured, but just because he needs some more time to get full speed or he sits out a practice or a period because of, again, just easing him back into football. And that's when DeMar Dotson will take over. And another important point is typically when guys are signed on August 11th, they've missed all of the off season. They've missed OTAs. They've missed a lot of, uh, training camp as well. Like you said, Mace, they'll probably even miss the first preseason game because 
we're coming up on what should be the first preseason game this weekend. Um, but DeMar didn't miss any of that. He missed conditioning for the first two weeks of training camp, and that's it. I mean, today the Broncos veterans are putting on helmets for the first time. He will miss today. I believe he'll be able to be in the building tomorrow. So he's one practice behind despite signing August 11th. This is a different year, and that's what makes this signing just a very different signing. He's not behind the eight ball much. Yeah, absolutely not. Now, the only thing is the mental aspect of it, learning the scheme, but again, he should be able to pick that up and do what he needs to do. So if you're going to come in late, this is the year to do it. Yep, it, it seriously, seriously is. And man, if you're going to bet on sports, there's no better place than DraftKings Sportsbook. And man, we've got football right around the corner. But there's so much action on DraftKings Sportsbook. And MMA this weekend is going to be so exciting with UFC 252. There's two of the most respected fighters in the sport going into the octagon this weekend, and there's no better place to get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. And for this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all new users the opportunity to bet $1 to win $252. Those are incredible odds, 252 to one by betting on this weekend's UFC 252. Uh, so check out DraftKings Sportsbook. Head to their app right now. They're offering new users that opportunity to bet $1 to win $252 when betting on the fight this weekend. They have uh, fighter props, round-by-round round betting, and so much more. And basketball playoffs right around the corner. DraftKings Sportsbook is offering $10 in free bets to use on in-game action for every day of the first round of the playoffs. So make sure you check it every single day. DraftKings is safe, secure, reliable, and you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $252 on this weekend's main event. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out for new users by offering the chance to win $252 and placing a $1 bet on this weekend's big fight by using the code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Man, I need a drink. <laughs> and when I need a drink, I'm lucky. I'm here in Colorado. And I don't have to go far to find some of those delicious Breckenridge brews. Of course, Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DMVR. I don't have to go far. I can go down to my local grocery store, get that 15-can sampler, or just get some Strawberry Sky. That's my choice because I'm a Strawberry Sky guy. You may want a variety. That's where the 15-can sampler comes in. You can also go to our friends at Davidson's Liquors in Centennial and Highlands Ranch and pick it up. Or you can go to where it is made. Go to the source the Breckenridge Brewery facility off Santa Fe in Littleton because you don't just get the beer there. You can get a great meal over at the farmhouse. Use that code DNBR and save $5 off your meal. They are open with proper social distancing. You're encouraged to get a reservation, 
1380 if you're going to eat in person. But if you're like me and you'd rather eat at home, no problem. Call that number, 303-803-1380 from noon to 8 p.m. for pickup from the farmhouse. You can get your food and your beer. They'll bring it right out to your car for you. Like I always say, you're not necessarily in Denver. You want some Breck Brews. You can't get the farmhouse, but you just want that Strawberry Sky or that Colorado Core, the Avalanche Beer. No problem. Check out the Breck Beer Locator on their website and find out wherever you can get Breck Brews. There probably is some place not too far from you, a grocery store, a liquor store, a convenience store, whatever, that's got Breckenridge Brewery because, Brewery Brews because, of course, They've got a pretty wide distribution. You don't have to be in Colorado to enjoy those delicious Breck brews. Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Mm, man, that sounds good. And something that also sounds good is talking to the people, Mace. Let's dive into the comments and questions. But before we do, a little PSA coming at you. If you want to leave comments for the pod, go to thednvr.com at the top where it says podcast, scroll down where it says Broncos podcast, click that, and then click on the most recent episode that's posted. If you're a subscriber, you can go to the bottom, a comment section will pop up, and that is where you leave your comments. And one more thing with training camp quickly approaching, we're going to make sure that we get you all of the action coming out of camp, which means we're really going to be focusing on that but of course, we're still going to get to your comments and questions, but we want to make sure we can get to as many comments and questions as possible. So please make sure that to starting Friday, leave your questions and comments on the shorter side. We love hearing from you guys. We love the fun comments in the off season, but we want to make sure that we can get to as many of you guys during training camp as possible. So if you wouldn't mind just keeping those comments on the shorter side, that way we can hear from all of you wonderful people. And first one. And, and, and first, sorry to interrupt, Zach, but um, we've, used the, we've used the abbreviation TLDR, too long, don't read. So if you have a lot you want to get off your chest, but you just want to get to the point with what we read on the air, TLDR. So, you know, basically you can say TLDR and you can – Speak your piece, and everybody who goes in the comment section will see it, and then have your brief point to be read on the air. Otherwise, if we're pressed for time, we may decide the part that we're going to read and the part that's too long and we don't read. Exactly. Yeah. So, Mace, that's a really good point. A lot of people, you, uh, a lot of people interact on the comment section. So, if you're going to leave a long comment, Mace, I love that. Hit us with a TLDR at the top with a couple sentences of what you really want us to read Oklahoma Bronco 58 says what's up guys it's been a long time since I've gotten to listen to the pod with my recent move to Louisville just getting adjusted to the early mornings and shift work I'm currently working have made it hard to listen to the pod but with training camp rolling around I've got back to listening to the boys of DNVR Kentucky is great and I thank everyone who who may have kept me in their thoughts during that transition much love from your relocated Oki. Great, great to hear that the move went well and that you're catching back up with the pod. Thanks for keeping us updated, Oklahoma Bronco. Yeah. And glad and glad you're enjoying your new Kentucky home. Yes. Count Locula. My folks, I just finished grading some papers for the course I'm teaching, and I realized that I signed one of the comments, love the count, facepalm. 
am I an art historian dreaming I'm a podcast count or a podcast count dreaming I'm an art historian? Love, Jared. Then True Champ fan says, do not, and I repeat, do not ever sign off as anything other than the count again. You are the count. The count is you. That's it. Low Country Bronco follows up, says, I agree, count. Your comments have become an integral part of the pod. You are an OG count. <laughs> and I mean, that just shows how much of an OG and integral part he is. Is he signing papers to his students? Love the count. I absolutely love it. This is who uh, we are here, man. Good count. That uh, I read that last night, and it uh, it made my night. That is awesome. So I wonder what the student thought of seeing "Love the Count" on their <laughs> on their paper. Like, uh, uh, what? What? <laughs> man, you got it. You got to tell us if there was more to that story. Count. I love it. True oh. Champ Fan Twenty Four says, "RK, my guy." You know darn well I did not forget about your pizza, LOL. I brought it up on Twitter. The game over the weekend was legit crazy. Donnie hitting not one, but not two, but three massive shots to force overtime and double overtime. So glad he is in Utah. No doubt about that. I also mentioned Denver is my pick to win it all. I'll have to figure out the whole pizza thing. I've never made a food bet with someone in a different state. Much love, my guys. Y'all have been a light and an otherwise dim time. Thank you so much, True Champ Fan 24. Love hearing from you. Yeah, I like the optimism. Denver's your pick to win it all. I, I wish I was, sometimes I wish I was an optimistic person <laughs> instead of being a realist. Yeah, Mace, I'm typically pretty optimistic, and uh, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't have that as my pick. Yeah. I wouldn't either. I, hey, I was saying they'd be a playoff team. I thought that was optimistic, but uh, I, I can't see more than that. Low Country Bronco. Hey, boys, going back to the Madden rating comment, this is in my eyes where the players I mentioned should be. Vaughn, 94. Cortland, 90. Spectacular Cax should be 99. Phil, 88. Drew, 81. Justin Simmons, 92. Also, Jarrell Casey should be 90 to 92. I guess we will see how the season unfolds, but the Broncos overall, strictly based on the talent, and the tangibles they all possess should be at least an 80. The folks at Madden don't seem to think the Broncos have improved at all in the last two draft classes. Personally, I think and hope Locke will have a similar, if not better, progression than Josh Allen this season. Thank you guys for continuing to provide unrivaled Broncos coverage. Mm, yeah, I think those are very, very fair ratings. I mean, Jarrell Casey it should definitely be a borderline 90. The guy's been to five consecutive Pro Bowls as well. Justin Simmons in 92, I think that's showing it right. I think you nailed the uh, – I think you nailed it, Low Country Bronco. I think, I think you nailed it as well. Broncos Sooners New York Rangers says, Hi, guys. I want to start a little serious today. My grandma passed away this past Monday, and it really stinks. It's a part of life, but it always stinks when someone you love passes away. But I wanted to thank you guys for providing great content. I always laugh and love the discussions, and it really helps during such a tough situation. So thank you so much for always putting out great pods. I don't want to speak for any other fans, but I'm sure they'd also say this helps us get through the tough days. Well, thank you so much, Broncos, mm -hmm. Sooners, New York Rangers, for those. And, man, we're, we're so sorry to hear about your grandma. We're thinking of you and your family right now, and, and uh, I, I'm really happy that you can come here for, for a laugh uh, and for some comfort. It, mean, it, means, it means a lot. Yep. He says, sorry for that somber start. Let's try and lighten the mood. My boys! 75! 
I'll add a quick question. What are the chances the Broncos can make the wild card next year? Assume the Chiefs win the division. I gagged while typing that. Thanks again, guys. Mile high salute. P.S. New York Rangers got the first pick in the draft. Ah, the chances, I'd say a little better than 50%, probably about 60% or so. Uh, Again, I'm probably overstating it. I think a more neutral party would probably say they had about a a 40%, 45% chance. But just looking at the teams and saying, okay, there are certain teams I don't expect to be in the mix. Like, for example, I think you could rule out, say, Miami, Cincinnati, Jacksonville, unless Gardner Minshew is the second coming. <laughs> right. Because of that, you can kind of distill it, the, the wild card race down to, say, seven or eight teams beyond the expected division winners, and you have three spots. And I think the Broncos are well positioned to have one of those three wild card spots. So I I'm going to so. say 60%. I think so as well, Mace. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go above 50% with you as well there. Um, like you said, with three wildcard teams, that really opens it up because you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, there being two other wildcard teams and who are you going to jump because that third one really puts a wildcard in there. So I think with the Broncos, with all the talent they have, you got to go over 50%. Yeah, I think so as well. Moving on, next comment here. Coming from... Love Thunder Down Under. You guys are channeling some Jay and Silent Bob and Dogma with this DeMar Dotson pick. Please filter the below as you see fit. I didn't even bleep this one as it's too good. Where are we going to find an angel? They don't just fall out of the effing sky, you know. Angel played by Chris Rock falls from the sky. Beautiful naked women don't just fall from the, the effing sky, you know. If you haven't seen Dogma, you need to. You know, that actually... Uh, um, it reminds me of something uh, that John McKay said in 1976 when uh, he, there was a comment made in, in the newspaper that, uh, that, or a comment that John McKay made that he said, yeah, you know, that um, you guys in the media, you don't know the difference between a football and a, and a bushel of bananas. And then somebody had some bananas delivered to his doorstep. So the next week he said, yeah, you guys don't know the difference between a football and a Mercedes Benz. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Football question. How similar is the blocking scheme Dotson ran at in Tampa Bay compared to what he will be running in Denver? Any concerns? Uh, No, I don't have any big concerns per se. Now, Tampa did some elements of both zone and and man blocking. And in fact, uh, there were times last year where the zone blocking looked more effective. You go back to 2018 and uh, when they went with zone and they tried some outside zone plays, they actually struggled at times. So I think you'll be able to hold up. Okay. I mean, the one concern you have when you do uh, zone blocking stuff for somebody who uh, doesn't have, doesn't have bend and maybe doesn't have the same quickness that he had uh, earlier is uh, in his career is uh, how's he going to do getting, getting to the outside. But I think I, I think it'll translate what he did in Tampa Bay to what he'll do in Denver. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's, a, that's a good point, Mace. Dan Burke with the Calvin Anderson quiet emoji. Hey, guys, what would the national and local perception of Drew and the Broncos be right now instead of going, if instead of going 4-1 and one and losing to the Chiefs like they did, they went 1-4 and four and beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead? Let's just assume that Drew has the exact same stat line, seven touchdowns, three picks, 1,000-ish yards, and a 64% completion percentage. Are people more or less optimistic? 
A lot of Locke supporters mentioned his 4-1 record and winning games with a subpar team that was out of contention. As a reason to be optimistic, but are people more confident if he managed to take down the Chiefs despite having a 1-4 record as a starter and losing to some trash teams like the Lions? I think people would be less optimistic, and I think there would not be the same degree of, of, of national low-key optimism in some circles that you see some, from some pundits because that game in Kansas City, I think, would be written off as just a miracle in the snow if that, if that was a win and the other games were lost. It would have been said, well, the weather equalized teams, neutralized the Chiefs' offense, Broncos pulled off an upset and lost to a bunch of teams that they should have won. So I think actually there'd be less optimism. Yeah, I think so too, because I think people, even with the exact same stat line, people will say he's not a winner. And yeah, he did beat the Chiefs, but that was his only win. So I agree with you, Mace. I think uh, Broncos fans are more optimistic going four and one than, than one and four, even if it came against the mighty Chiefs. Yep. Tommy Bronco. Hey guys, pre-COVID, I had hopes and dreams of re-enlisting on the Broncos field DNVR had in hand. Now it seems as though it will be a pipe dream. Also, my parents were going to come out to witness the glorious moment, but now they aren't able to. Gah! So I was thinking to myself, why not do it with the DNVR fam? What do you guys think? The first DNVR re-enlistment. It would take place at the DMVR bar with the wonderful people of DMVR, the boys of the pod, and just enjoying some food after with an RK special. Sounds like a great dream to me, but in all seriousness, if this can be a possibility, I would love to coordinate with management and set it up. I just need my boys to say they got him after the ceremony. Hope to set something up. Cheers, Tommy Bronco. <laughs> Man, Tommy Bronco, honored that you would think of us for that. That is too, too cool. Uh, and yeah, if you want to email help at thednvr.com, I think that's the best place to get the ball rolling with that. That is, man, that, that means a lot that you'd want to do that with us at the DNVR bar. Mm -hmm. Very Next. honored that you'd consider us for that. Absolutely. Next one coming in from Mark IT Snatch. Hey guys, pardon the litany. I might as well get this out before actual football starts happening on Friday. One. Per the Tim Patrick discussion yesterday, I think he starts the season as the number two receiver, but gets phased off the field by the bye week. This is mostly based on the chemistry with Locke. He's the guy that reduces the urgency to get Hamler fully up to speed as quickly as possible. He'll never dazzle you with highlight reels, but he's good in a pinch. He'll be a good candidate to sub for Sutton if he needs a rest during long drives in the back end of the season. I think that's a, that's a very good point, Mark I.T. Mm -hmm. Snatch. I think that uh, very well could be the case. Two, Agree. Brett Coleman brought up an interesting point on how defense needs to prepare for this Denver offense. Instead of game planning to cover the weapons, they need to base the plan around beating Locke. He particularly emphasize, emphasizes the use of zone blitzing to harass Locke into poor decisions. How do Drew, Mike Shula, and Pat Shermer need to prepare and respond to this approach? Make sure you've got some hot reads that work because one thing with zone blitzing, that means... You've got pressure coming from sometimes some unexpected places, but that also means you'll have, you'll have outside linebackers and even defensive linemen on rare occasions dropping into coverage. So the thing with the zone blitz is if you see it coming, that means you can anticipate a mismatch happening somewhere within five to 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and make sure that those are kind of, are, are those are your hot options. So you make sure that Drew is looking in those directions 
first and capitalizing on that. Great, great point. I totally agree. Three from Mr. B and Iceman. I like that. Four. Mm -hmm. Lastly, the Santa Clara 40 winers. The matchups between San Francisco and Denver have always been memorable for one reason or another, not including literally Denver's worst Super Bowl performance. The teams are in even seven and seven. Some of the better games include Gus Ferrat upstaging Jeff Garcia 38 to nine. Peyton Manning schooling Blaine Gabbert on how to be an NFL quarterback in 2014 and the Elway Montana overtime thriller at Candlestick. What was the best game against the 49ers and your Bucks, Mace? Good question. You know, the, the Broncos and 49ers played a game in 1982 right before the NFL went on strike. The Niners were the defending champions, of course, having won Super Bowl 16 the year before. The Broncos, down by seven points going into the fourth quarter, get a touchdown pass from Steve DeBerg to Rick Upchurch and a Rich Carlos field goal right at the end to pull off a 24-21 win. And it was a really great moment for Steve DeBerg because he had lost his job to Joe Montana in San Francisco before coming to Denver. So a little bit of sweet revenge for Steve DeBerg. And really, this was the bright spot of an otherwise grim 1982 season. The Broncos finished that year 2-7 and end up picking fourth overall in the draft as a result of an unexpectedly bad year. One that of a lot, there were a lot of weird things that happened in 1982 with the, the strike that cost seven regular season games and the Broncos going 2-7 and seven in the midst of a, a run of seasons from 1976 through, I, I believe, uh, 1989 this was the only losing season that they had. I mean, it was truly the unicorn of a long stretch of successful Bronco football in a bad way. So that's the one that jumps out, the bright spot in a bad year, 1982. And for Bucks Broncos, got to go with the divisional round playoff. Back in January of 03, the Bucks on their way to a Super Bowl destroy the 49ers coming to Tampa. It was actually uh, Steve Mariucci's last game as his Lions head coach or or pardon me, 49ers head coach, he went on to the Lions. Mm, I'm surprised. uh, I guess I'm not surprised. I'll take the opposite end of this and say the worst game outside of any Super Bowls, Mace, the Nick Mullins game. When Nick Mullins made his first start, beat the Broncos, and that was the beginning to the end of the Vance Joseph era for the Broncos. And, boy, there are some bad games against the 49ers. (laughs) That's for sure. Yeah, that was that was a really bad game. I, I'm not sure it's as bad as the Miami game the year before, but yeah, that that first half in particular, it's just like, what are you doing? And oh, hey, here's an idea. Let's let George Kittle get open. Oh my, get wide freaking Goodness. open, and then let's <laughs> shut him down in the second half. Oh yeah. Well, hey, you had to defend Shannon Sharp single game receiving yards record for tight ends remember that yep oh of course you did and they successfully did that man yep. if if you want to have some fun after the end of that conversation play wgt golf it's my favorite gaming app uh for the past decade it's the most popular golf game in the world and i guarantee that you guys are going to love it so to download the app go to dnvrgolf.com that lets uh, WGT know that you want to play with us. So go to dnvrgolf.com, download WGT Golf. It's free to download. 
easy to download at dnvrgolf.com. Download it, then go into the clubhouse section and then search for DNVR3. That's the number three after DNVR and join that clubhouse. DNVR is full. DNVR2 clubhouse is full. So we now have a DNVR3 clubhouse. But even though it's the third, it gets you all the benefits of the first two. You'll be in all of our tournaments that we have every single week. And you'll be with our lovely DNVR community in there as well. I love WGT because it's such a realistic golf game. And you can play at real courses like St. Andrews and Pebble Beach. You can use any clubs you want. They've got them all on there, including TaylorMade, Titleist, Callaway, Ping, so many on there. And it's such a fun, realistic game. You can play with DNVR members throughout the week before the weekend tournaments as well or during the tournaments. So go to dnvrgolf.com to download WGT Golf. Colorado Raptors Rugby, of course, they are a partner of DNVR. There's a lot of things going on in rugby in Colorado. Now we can share the details. Of course, DNVR is covering all things rugby in Colorado and the United States, thanks to our reporter Colton Strickler, who is focusing on American rugby, in part because Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams, making Colorado the place to be for rugby in the United States. So. Keep up to, up to date on everything going on in American rugby with the DNVR Rugby Podcast with our guy Colton Strickland. Of course, there's been a, it's been a great time to learn about new sports over the last few months. I've gotten into rugby. I watch matches from New Zealand now on a weekly basis. If you want to learn about rugby, this is the place because Colton is doing Rugby 101 podcast to break down the game for you. He's also got one-on-one interviews with some of the bigger names in American rugby. Supporting our partners is supporting us, of course. So download the DNVR Rugby podcast and follow along at DNVR Rugby on Twitter. IG Bronco Sensei chiming in. Yo, guys, just thinking back to the no-fly zone days and how important Aqib Tlaib and his presence was to that D. He was a tone setter, gave our defense that bully mentality. So, I'm curious, do you guys think we have another aggressive personality like that on the squad now? If so, who? Arigato for your time. Mm, Akib's kind of a unicorn in terms of his personality. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to find that every day. Now, you, you've got guys that play with their hair on fire, like Alexander Johnson, Kareem, Kareem Jackson. Jackson. Uh, AJ Boye can be that kind of player as well. But Akib was special, <laughs> that personality that he had. He was the right guy coming in at the right time for yeah. what this defense and what that locker room needed. And the Broncos traded him away for a, a fifth-round pick because there are times when you don't want someone like Akib to leave on your team, and it's kind of where the Broncos were when they got rid of Akib. Uh, so that person is great to have in certain times and not the best to have in others. Um, but you're right, Mace. He was the perfect person for that Broncos defense. And no, there, there's no one like Akib. When you go through it in terms of that type um, of – a vocal leader at times there's no one like like that uh kareem jackson plays with his hair on fire the other guys you mentioned as well but no akib was a unicorn and the 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 unicorn the broncos needed at the time yep lock the casbah two things that weren't mentioned when it comes to showering conditioning after washing your hair and washing your face showers where i wash my hair condition wash the body and wash the face 
should be something less abrasive than what we use on the rest of your body. It really can't be two minutes. But most people don't need to shampoo their hair every day. So those days, all you really need to do is wash your body, maybe face and boom, done super quickly. Second, and I don't think this comment made the cutoff yesterday, we should be careful and being too optimistic when it comes to Judy. We had 304 completions last year in a losing season, albeit with bad quarterback play. If we expect the defense to be better and for us to be winning and running the ball more, you'd expect those completions catches to go down. But even if they go up by 20 or 30, it would be almost impossible for Judy to have 80 catches, very hard for him to have 70 catches, and not even a given that he'll have 55 if you expect Fant to be better, 40 catches last year, Sutton to be better, 72 catches last year, Handler, or whoever our third receiver is to be a factor, and for Gordon and Lindsey to be catching passes, around 80 catches went to our running backs last year, and we did not have Gordon yet. If Judy hits 70 or even 80 receptions, it almost has to be the case that a couple of these things went wrong or other players underperformed. And if Judy is not the clear number two, that's even worse. Not trying to be a downer, but running the numbers makes it look hard if you expect others to be better as well. Well, sure. Do you, and I understand where you're coming from. Do you want a, a more well-rounded approach or do you want studs? And I don't think it's bad if Jerry Judy gets 70 or 80 catches. I think initially that'd be a good thing. But sure, you could say it's because other things didn't go right and they were forced to give him the ball. Do I think Judy gets 80 catches? No, uh, I don't think he gets 80 catches. Um, would I be totally shocked if he got 70? Also, no, I wouldn't. And I don't think that would necessarily mean bad things for the offense. But I do see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I do as well. And I think I, I was probably right in line with the expectations uh, that are expressed here by Lock the Casbah, you know, kind of underselling him a little bit. But, yeah, there are only going to be but so many opportunities. And, you know, it, there's a way for Jerry Judy to have 80 catches and for Cortland Sutton to have 80 catches. Unfortunately, that way probably involves the defense being bad, playing from behind, and getting a lot of garbage time numbers. Right. Yeah, that, that's a good point. It doesn't necessarily mean bad things for the rest of the offense, but for the team as a whole, it could. Yeah. Right. The big T. I had a bet with my best friend, a Chargers fan, no less, that Quentin Carter would be a Hall of Famer. If he was a Raiders fan, he'd have made me pay up. But as he's a Charger, he voided the bet due to injury. Wow, what a good friend. That is a, that is a bold – Mace, where was Quentin Carter picked? Fourth round. That is a bold choice to take a fourth rounder to be a Hall of Famer, <laughs> but I like your confidence in him. Mace was – if he didn't get hurt, was he on a Hall of Fame path? I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't go that far, but I thought he could have a long Broncos career. It, he looked to me like somebody who was going to be a long-term starter. Yeah. He had, and I think a pro bowler at times. I think he had everything you want in the position. And the big thing as a safety, he had instincts. And the thing that jumped out to me, Raheem Moore had more range, better speed, but Quentin Carter had better instincts and better read on things. Yeah, boy, you wish he, those instincts were out there against uh, the Ravens in the playoffs. That is for sure. Uh, yeah. And, boy, did he look the part, too. I mean, he, he looked like a beast when he was out there, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had the look he was of a fun Hall to of watch. Famer, Big T, I'll tell you that. Yeah, he was fun to watch. He says, Carter really was awesome. He'd not have gone for that pick, and instead he'd have hit Jacoby Jones so hard he wished he had never played football. Boom! Miss that guy. 
But lesson learned. Now I won't even admit Mahomes will be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> oh, there you well. go. Once bitten, twice shy. Larry Dang Jr. Hey, guys. So I may be wrong for thinking this, but I feel there's three people that are getting no love that I feel that are very integral to our success, especially on defense. I'll preface with this. What is the most important thing about the legendary 2015 defense that nobody talks about? To me, it's the fact that we had Danny Trevathan and Brandon Marshall for the whole season. For the most part, Danny and Brandon were never healthy at the same time. It changed that defense because you couldn't run or try to pass and the running back to the running backs, one of the biggest weaknesses by us for a long time. So I think there are, there's not enough talk about Bosby, H.A. Johnson, and Draymond Jones if these guys play at the high level we saw from them last year. I don't know how you stop this defense. If you focus on Vaughn, Chubb, and Casey, Draymond will go insane. If Bosby plays at a high level, it's going to be uh, – tough to pass on us. And finally, if AJ Johnson is just the next Chris Borland of the Fangio defense, then we are going to be insane. I'm so excited for this, for these three. What do you think? Well, first on Bosby saw a clip uh, on one of the Broncos uh, videos out of practice of him getting a pick. Unfortunately, the clip started with the ball in the air, so I couldn't see who threw the ball. <laughs> probably but Bosby did get, yeah, but Bosby got the pick. Yes, you're probably right, Zach. <laughs> yes that's uh um th those are three guys that could really boost the defense and with if those guys don't play very well Mace you can still have a very good defense but if those three guys play well on top of everyone else then that's how you get to elite that's how you get to number one is when you have these role players that are successfully playing their role if Draymond Jones is a, a pass rushing beast in the middle because he's getting just single teamed every single time. That's going to be huge mm -hmm. for this offense. If AJ Johnson continues to take that next step and now you don't just have solid middle linebackers, you have a very solid middle linebacker in Todd Davis and a star in AJ Johnson, which we definitely saw flashes of. Now you have stars at every single level of your defense, which is huge. Uh, and if Bosby turns out to be the guy, and then you have three very good corners. Yeah, I mean, the, this defense is going to be great. It's going to be elite. Well, I mean, I've, I've been pretty high on Bosby and saying I think he can emerge and be the number three cornerback based on what he did in that short burst last year, based on his knowledge of Vic Fangio's scheme. If he's healthy, then I think he's a number three. Alexander Johnson, I, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a pro bowler this year. Yeah. Because he played a Pro Bowl level in those 12 games last year that he started. He can be yeah. that good. Yeah, and how big would that be, Mace? Transformative for the defense. Because it takes something we've been talking about as a, a need for a while, that inside linebacker position, and then, hey, you found your solution. But if he plays like that, you better start working on a contract extension. <laughs> yes, you but you very well should start working on that. I totally agree. So, yeah, some good names thrown out there, LDJ. Hip, hip, you ray. Greetings, gents. Happy We Get Mad Wednesday. Can I get an emphatic? There you go. Thank you. <laughs> 75. Sorry. I, I was, I, I didn't see the screen because I had to refresh the comments. We got a bunch coming in. And so that's why I did not see it at the time. Anyways, listen to it. Also, old... we skipped a comment too, I think. Oh, sorry. Sometimes my computer doesn't sort it right. Yeah. He says, anyways, listen to an old pod. I was intrigued by the team crunchy, crunchy, the team crunchy and team creamy peanut butter debate. And I have another one to throw your way. Are you guys either team pancakes or team waffles? French toast doesn't count and neither does crepes in this. 
I am team pancakes all the way. I love getting in a Paul Bunyan flannel shirt and lathering up fat stack of flapjacks with butter and pure maple syrup, not the fake stuff, uh, not the fake pancake and waffle syrup that most people put on there. Go Iceman, DNVR, and the Denver Broncos. Yes, Iceman, we're all thinking of you. Yeah, we are. And uh, you know what? I think there are more things you can do with pancakes than with waffles. It's not that I don't like waffles. Wow. But there are more things you can do with pancakes. I got to go pancakes. Oh, wow. Sorry. Bad takes there, Mace uh, and oh. Hip Hip Uray. It's waffles all the time. All the time because you get the crunch. It cooks everywhere. Uh, saying that I did eat pancakes every day in the morning in high school. So, I mean, pancakes are good, too. Maybe you just got sick of pancakes. That could very well be the case. <laughs> yeah, so the other and then the other ryan wraps it up my boys podcast episodes this week have provided great comic relief i could not help but laugh heartily as mace offered to provide zach with a soap lathering tutorial yesterday the announcement made on monday that manscaped products will be made available at the dmvr bar fortunately state and municipal health and penal codes may prohibit a soap lathering and manscaped grooming tutorials on a live person's nether regions at the dmvr bar lol my question for today is, who is the week one starter at right tackle for the Broncos? Elijah Wilkinson or the newly signed Amar Dotson? I'm going with Dotson, with Wilkinson playing his best role, in my humble opinion, as the swing tackle slash guard. Have a wild Wednesday. DNV Army salute. Well, other Brian, I'm guessing that you liked our opening segment today because we <laughs> broke all that down for you. Yes, I bet you did like it. Um, and, yeah, Elijah Wilkinson as your backup left tackle, right tackle, uh, and guard, that's pretty good versatility for $3.2 million. So it's not like that would be bad money or the Broncos would have made a poor choice by putting a second round tender on him. No, that would still be a good move. He's very versatile. And that, um, Dalton Reisner said it last week when we talked to him, that is something you have to have on the offensive line. You have to have versatility. And Elijah certainly has that. But Mace, you just brought in a right tackle specialist. So that should be your right tackle and use Elijah where he's best. And that's just the ability to step in and play anywhere. It's not uh, a slight on Elijah. It's just, you got a guy who's mastered this for the past 10 years. That should probably be your starter. Yeah. And also the other thing with Elijah Wilkinson is he's coming off of recent injury and recent surgery and DeMar Dotson appears healthy and good to go. Yep, exactly. Before we get out of here, guys, I got to tell you again about WGT and the DNVR3 Clubhouse because I love it so much. I want you to play with all of us at DNVR. We got another tournament coming up this weekend that I want you to get in on, but you have to have WGT to do that. So go to dnvrgolf.com, download WGT by going to dnvrgolf.com. Go to Clubhouses, DNVR3, DNVR, the number three next to it. Search that in Clubhouses and join it. You That'll get you in on this weekend's tournament, and it'll put you with hundreds of other DNVR members waiting to play this awesome game. Well, that'll do it for us today. For Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Thank you guys so much for rolling with us today. It means the world, and we're so excited to go through training camp with all of you. So that'll do it today. Have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.